Our first reading is from the prophet Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. We rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel reading from St. Luke, the first chapter. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abiyah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him as the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. Behold, you will be silent and unable to speak 
until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and as they were wondering at his delay in the temple, he came out, and he was unable to speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my approach among the people. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. In the name of Jesus, amen. This evening we hear God's promise of righteousness. Righteousness is right relationship with God and with each other and with the rest of creation. We all know what a beautiful thing it is when a relationship functions according to God's design. Picture a mother with her new child taking care of it. Picture a group of soldiers, well-trained and disciplined, who trust their leader. Picture a husband and wife forgiving each other and supporting each other in trust and faithfulness. Or a young girl listening intently as her grandmother tells a story of her childhood. These are beautiful things. We were made for these relationships. And even more, we were made for relationship with God. In the beginning, God created light and land, sun, moon, and stars, birds in the heavens and fish in the sea, animals and forests, mountains and fruit, Adam from dust, and Eve from his side as a helper. Man and woman made in the image of God, made for relationship, for righteous relationship with God and each other and the rest of creation. They walked with God. They trusted each other. They tended the garden and had dominion over the animals. Not a harmful, self-serving dominion, but as a rightly ordered relationship, as stewards of God's rich, bountiful, wondrous creation. And they lived by faith in God's word. God spoke to Adam and Eve, and he told them, not to eat the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or they would die. They were not given to know why, but rather to trust God at his word, to obey him in faith. So righteousness, a right relationship with God, even back in the garden, was a relationship of faith and obedience. Then the serpent came and said to the woman, Did God actually say? 
When Adam and Eve reached for the fruit and broke God's command, they destroyed the righteous relationship that they had with their Creator. Obedience became rebellion. Walking with God turned into hiding from Him. Innocence became nakedness and shame. And a broken relationship with God meant broken relationships with each other. Pain and anguish for a mother and child in birth. Sweat and toil, thorns and thistles. Now the man would have to fight for his food. Husband and wife striving against each other. Death and banishment from the presence of God. God said to Adam, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Ever since the fall, our relationships have been distorted and unrighteous. We see it in the news, and we see it in our own lives. In your life, what relationships are broken? What relationships do you wish were better? Some are broken for reasons that, that you do not have control of. In those situations, prayer is the place to go. But there are relationships in our lives that we could work at, uh, that we could improve. We confess regularly that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. When we consider our vocations, the relationships God has given us, we can see how far we have fallen from the beautiful, righteous relationships for which we were made. In Jeremiah chapter 23, which we heard tonight, the prophet delivers God's judgment on the leaders of Israel who sin against their vocation by leading the people astray, away from God. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. The unrighteous kings of Judah have led the people into false worship and all kinds of evil, and now God is bringing disaster to them. The Babylonians are on the way. Jerusalem will be destroyed, and the people will be taken away. But here Jeremiah's words suddenly turn, and he delivers a promise. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The Lord is our righteousness. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah before the destruction of Jerusalem. And he was an evil, unrighteous king. But his name means the Lord is righteous. Yes, the Lord is righteous. No one else. Not Zedekiah, 
Not even King David. Not you or me. But Jesus, the righteous branch, the new King David, would fulfill his promise by his own righteousness. So it would not just be the Lord is righteous, Zedekiah's name, but the Lord is our righteousness. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus suffered the unrighteousness of our world, our distorted relationships. Kings tried to murder him. Priests plotted against his life. His disciples betrayed him and abandoned him. The Romans crucified him. Criminals reviled him. And in the end, his own father forsook him. The Lord is our righteousness. He took the curse for us. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now Jesus' body was buried in the earth, but it did not return to dust. Christ is risen and ascended to the right hand of the Father. He will return, and we too will be raised. Look and see how the risen Christ restores the relationships broken by our sin. Peter, who had betrayed our Lord, Jesus forgave him and restored him. Saul, so zealous for his mission of persecution against the church, Jesus knocked him down and gave him a new mission. You and I, in our baptism, had our relationship with God restored. And now we live by faith in the promise of God. The promise that our relationship with Him is fully healed. We can't see it with our eyes right now. We must trust the promise. As saint and sinner, we live in the now and the not yet. Christ has already come but we will experience the fullness of righteousness when he comes again. Until then, we live in the death and the resurrection of our baptism. Luther writes in the small catechism, what does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Look closely at the relationships that God has given to you. Are you a son or a daughter, a friend, a mother, an employee? Live in the promise that Christ is your righteousness. Take every opportunity that you can to live out your relationship according to God's design. Be intentional about reconciliation. Be quick to forgive and quick to ask for forgiveness. In this Advent season, we prepare, we prepare 
to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And we look also forward eagerly to the final day when Christ, our Lord, will return. On that day, we will finally and fully live in the righteousness of the new creation, a right relationship with God and with each other and with the new creation. When relationships are finally and fully the way they were meant to be, it will be a beautiful thing. And with Christ at work in you, you are part of that restoration, even today. Having been made right with God, we have been made right with each other. Let us live this reality daily. The Lord is our righteousness. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.